I'm really pleased to be able to warmly welcome our brothers and sisters from Palestine to this meeting in South Africa. We are deeply honored as the Department of International Relations and Cooperation that you chose South Africa once more as the venue for this important meeting. We would have met a year or two ago were it not for COVID-19, and we give thanks to the Almighty that we have survived that particular challenge. I believe the meeting here today could not have come at a more critical time in the history of your struggle for freedom and independence. The shifting sands in the geopolitical landscape of the Middle East present new challenges, as some countries may be considering new alliances in a changing world. We have noted to our dismay that countries that we had always relied upon as adherence to the just causes for freedom have now changed their political mantle. And so this time, I think, is one in which we need to strengthen our efforts at highlighting the need and importance of international solidarity and working hard to strengthen bonds across the world because we are seeing shifting signs. We are seeing that the conservatives, that those who are not progressive, that those who are on the right wing are beginning to hold sway in the world. And we need to change that march in political character. So we have a struggle, and I think it is important that we don't undermine the challenge of the times we are in today. These are difficult political times. We don't know how these changes will impact on the struggles of the Palestinian people and those that we've always thought were allies in our struggle. But I want to state unequivocally today that while some might be wavering in their commitment to the cause of the people of Palestine, we as South Africa will remain steadfast in our support of your just quest for freedom, justice, and independence. I think maybe as South Africans, we need to do more to continue communicating with the public because I don't think there's a full appreciation of the meaning of international solidarity and why it is so important that we have shared global ideals that advance progressive programs and agendas for the people of the world. At times, people go into their selfish nationalism and do not always understand why the South African government, and in particular, the governing party, the African National Congress in South Africa, remains so committed to this struggle and its important, its importance. Of course, for many South Africans, the narrative of the Palestinian people's struggle does evoke experiences of our own history of racial segregation and oppression. I recall having a conversation with the former speaker of our National Assembly, Dr. Frini Jinwala, after she had visited Palestine. She'd insisted that she wanted to visit Palestine for herself. 
And when she came back, we happened to have a meeting with her. And I asked her, how, how did you find Palestine? And I've never forgotten her response. She said it felt exactly like being in a township in South Africa. As oppressed South Africans, we experience firsthand the effects of racial inequality and discrimination. And so we identify very clearly and fully with the struggle for freedom and self-determination in Palestine. I'm sure you'd be aware that our position on Palestine has always been clear, consistent, and convergent with those in the broader international community who share our perspective. We will continue to support all efforts aimed at the establishment of a viable, contiguous Palestinian state existing side by side in peace with Israel within the internationally recognized 1967 borders with East Jerusalem as its capital. This is in line with all relevant UN resolutions and international law. We are fully aware that actions by Israel have sought to erase this possibility. However, this is the outcome and desire of the people of Palestine, and we support you in it. As South Africa, we affirm that the only way to achieve peace and stability in the Middle East is through reaching a lasting peace between Palestine and Israel and restoring the legitimate rights of the Palestinian people in accordance with the two-state solution and the relevant UN resolutions. I mentioned the two-state solution because I have found whenever I speak on Palestine that there are many articles and letters in our newspapers which seek to paint me as anti-Semitic because I didn't mention two-state. So now I've made sure every speech I prepare, I mention two-state solution. So there's no misunderstanding of where we stand. Israel's continued pronouncements about the annexation of large parts of the West Bank and the building of additional settlements undermines further the prospects of peace and serve as glaring examples of violations of international law that go unchallenged. Recent developments in Ukraine and the response of the most powerful countries in support of Ukraine should now make it plausible for the West to support the legitimate struggle of Palestinians if it is true that they believe that there should be respect for territorial integrity and sovereignty, they have no option but to support the just cause of the people of Palestine. If they do not, then what they are saying about Ukraine and territorial integrity stands as misleading the global community. Israel has consistently offended the UN Charter and ignored territorial integrity and sovereignty. Since 1967, for over half a century, Israel has constructed over 160 settlements and outposts 
on land seized from the Palestinian people, on which over 600,000 Israelis are living. Since the adoption of the first Security Council resolution on the situation in Palestine in March 1948, and despite all subsequent resolutions, the international community has failed to ensure that these resolutions are implemented and no concrete action has been taken to address the blatant violations of these resolutions. How many more reports do we need that call Israel out on their unfair treatment of Palestinians and point out that Israel is implementing apartheid? This was a central part of Amnesty International's groundbreaking report earlier this year. And the allegations were echoed by the Israeli non-governmental organization Bethlehem, as well as by Human Rights Watch and the UN Human Rights Council's report, the International Commission of Inquiry to investigate violations in the occupied Palestinian territory, including East Jerusalem. This latter report found Israel guilty of gross human rights abuses toward Palestinians. Our own Dr. Navi Pillay was a leading player in this investigation and fully supported its conclusions. The Almazan Center for Human Rights report, which was released in June this year, recalls that over the last 15 years, Israeli military attacks have killed 5,418 Palestinians in the besieged Gaza Strip. 23% of the victims were children, 9% were women. The 15th anniversary of the 2007 closure of the Gaza Strip by Israel deprived its more than 2 million residents of opportunities to better their lives. The closure has devastated the economy in Gaza, contributed to fragmentation of the Palestinian people, and forms part of the Israeli authorities' crimes against millions of Palestinians. All these reports are significant in raising global awareness of the conditions that Palestinians are subjected to, and they provide credence and support to an overwhelming body of factual evidence, all pointing to the fact that the State of Israel is committing crimes of apartheid and persecution against Palestinians. We have urged the international community and the United Nations to ensure the safeguarding of the rights of the Palestinian people. In this regard, South Africa welcomed the special session of the Human Rights Council, which was held in May last year. And we trust that the necessary action will be taken to follow up on the Commission's findings. South Africa's view is that strong action in support of Palestine must be taken by the United Nations. And consideration of establishing a committee on apartheid should be established under the auspices of the UN General Assembly in order to verify whether Israel meets the criteria described in the report of Israel as an apartheid state. 
if indeed it is proven that it does confirm apartheid state characteristics, the International Court of Justice must play a stronger role in charging those linked to human rights violations. South Africa calls on all UN member states, as well as the broader international community, to support efforts at resolving the Israel-Palestine conflict and to continue putting pressure on Israel as the occupying power. We call upon the international community to work tirelessly for the attainment of peace and to provide stronger humanitarian, economic, and political support. Advocating for the rights of the Palestinian people must be accompanied by material and practical support. As South Africa, we are deeply concerned at the continued human rights violations and again reiterate that these contribute to fostering greater hatred. Israel's security and that of its future generations doesn't lie in the annexation of all Palestinian territories, the imprisonment of Palestinians, the erecting of high concrete walls and checkpoints, or the continued blockade of Gaza. Israel's security lies in a peaceful and stable neighbor, neighbor a sovereign and independent Palestinian state whose children, like Israeli children, can go to school, play, attend places of worship, and compete in sporting activities in peace and security. We believe this can be achieved through sustained dialogue, negotiations, and mediation, as well as civil society activism in support of the cause. We believe through respect on both sides and through understanding and when necessary compromise, peace could be achieved. As our former president Nelson Mandela said at a dinner in Cape Town, for visiting President Yasser Arafat in 1998. And I quote, our own humble experience has shown that negotiated solutions can be found even to conflicts that the world has come to regard as insoluble. It has taught us that such solutions emerge when former, former opponents reach out to find common ground. And this is what we must all push to happen. I cannot conclude this contribution without addressing the issue of the African Union Commission Chair's decision. Not African Union, but African Union Commission Chair's decision to grant Israel observer status at the African Union. As most of you are aware, this decision was taken unilaterally and without consultation with all AU member states. The decision to grant Israel observer status was even more shocking for us in a year in which the oppressed people of Palestine were subjected to bombardments and continued illegal settlements on their land. The African Union publicly strenuously objected to the deaths of Palestinians 
and the destruction of civilian infrastructure. So the decision by the African Union Commission chairperson, Mr. Muhammad, in this context was totally inexplicable to us. The unjust actions committed by Israel offend the letter and spirit, as we have pointed out, of the Charter of the African Union. The African Union embodies the aspirations of all Africans and reflects their confidence that it can lead the continent through the practical expression of the goals of the Charter, especially on issues related to self-determination and decolonization. I don't know which African Union state would ever accept its territory being occupied by another country. The support the chairperson has expressed for Israel as an observer status in our union suggests, if we accept this as AU, that we accept infringement of our country's territorial integrity. This can never be accepted by us. Israel continues to illegally occupy Palestine in complete defiance of its international obligations and relevant resolutions of the UN. It is therefore totally incomprehensible that the African Union Commission rewarded Israel at a time when its oppression of Palestinians has been especially more brutal. We have formally objected as South Africa to the granting of official observer status by the African Union and submitted our objection in July last year. We raised this matter at the African Union consistently in all its meetings, including on the 6th of February this year at the 35th Ordinary Session of the African Union Assembly. The decision to grant Israel observer status was unanimously suspended following the debate in February. It was agreed that a committee of heads of state would be established to study the issue and the conclusions of this committee will be presented at the summit of the African Union in February next year. I believe we must not rest in our attempts to ensure that this decision is reversed. Against this backdrop, the meeting here in Pretoria is of particular importance, as it gives an opportunity to chart a way forward in determining how we will put Palestine back onto the agenda of countries on the continent. The African Union Commission chairperson indicated that he had been under severe pressure from a number of African countries to grant such observer status to Israel. This is because I believe there are money politics that are underway by some countries because it is often the smaller African countries that raise these issues, the ones that are most vulnerable and most in need of economic support. And I believe that their status of poverty has been abused through them uh, approaching the African Union Commission chair to make such a pronouncement. 
I hope that the important deliberations that you will have during the conference will provide us with guidelines on the way forward. I assure you of South Africa's continued support and I do share with you some of our planned activities. It is our proposal that women ministers of foreign affairs in Africa as well as in Europe should get together and become advocates for an independent investigation into the murder of Shireen Abu Akleh. We believe as women, we believe as women, we cannot leave this matter untouched. We believe as women, we cannot leave the right for journalists to do their work freely and safely, that that cannot be left without us expressing our view as women ministers of foreign affairs. And we shall be meeting soon to further discuss this matter and take conclusions on it. We also will continue to ensure that we profile the cause of the people of Palestine in the context of the General Assembly of the United Nations each year by ensuring that we have roundtables on this important subject. But our firm belief is that it cannot be a few countries on their own which take up the struggle. We believe we need to see greater activism from civil society all over the world. We need to have daily pickets at embassies of Israel throughout the world to make sure that the cause, the unjust experience of the people of Palestine is made known as the cause, as the cause of the people of South Africa was publicly made known throughout the world through daily demonstrations, through daily pickets, through consistent pamphleteering, through all forms of activism. It is only by securing the participation of a large body of organizations in a very visible global campaign that we will ensure that this matter remains on the global stage until victory is won. Excellencies, allow me once more to convey our warmest greetings and to share again our message of friendship and solidarity and ask you to convey it to all the people of Palestine. And as Ambassador Jara said, aluta continua. And I wish you a very fruitful and successful conference and look forward to reading the conclusions. Thank you very much. <laughs>